Hello everybody, welcome back. Uh, this is Totally Truthful again. Uh, what is this episode? Eight. Last... When did I put it up? Wednesday? No. Thursday it came out. Thursday for me at least. Did the last episode. We're gonna try and... We're gonna try and get this one out on time. I'm back again with literal cancer vote Saxon 07. That is me. Hello. <laughs> I'm um, also AIDS... And that stuff that you find underneath the bath. You know when you haven't cleaned in a while? <laughs> oh, you would have known about that yesterday. You did some cleaning. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like one of my awesome, highly octane and fueled Instagram live streams of basically me going, Look, holy shit, I cleaned my house. <laughs> oh, ooh, that was a snort. <clears throat> Uh, anyway, so we're going to get straight into it this week. Nothing happened. Jurassic World came out a while ago now, maybe a month. Yeah, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Yes. Um, and is it a fallen box office hit? I think it's a kingdom of shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a uh, it's done incredibly well at the box office, and I think that's... Down to the same reason why the first Jurassic World did so well. Because yeah. it's just piggybacking on the fact that everyone's nostalgic yeah. as all good holy hell for these movies. Yeah, I agree. Um, I said to you before that I still haven't seen it. I don't know if I will. I'll probably download it. Honest um, to God, you're not missing much. Island go <laughs> boom, dinosaurs on mainland, the end. Oh, they, oh. they made that into a two and a half hour movie. Be afraid. Yeah. Be scared of this. Yeah. Uh, well, so I guess we're going straight into spoilers, none of this flapping about. Well, I um, don't think spoilers matter whenever it's absolute bullshit, but yeah, okay. For, the, for like the couple of people out there that actually give a shit about this franchise, yeah, spoilers. <laughs> oh, no, wait a minute. The entire movie was fucking ruined in the trailers. Oh. Great job. That's a low blow. <laughs> That's true, though. Well, I mean, I you're guess. talking about the fact you haven't seen the movie. Have you watched any of the trailers? If so, you've seen the entire film. Um, I want to talk about the opening scene. So, it was... You explain it. You've seen it. Okay. Well, okay, in all fairness, I liked the opening scene. Because I was listening to a podcast with J.A. Biona, the director... And he was talking about how this is the most Jurassic Parky scene that yeah. you'll ever see in any of these movies. So it's at night, it's in the rain, the sound design is incredible, and there's a guy running away from a T-Rex in a <sighs> yellow raincoat. It is perfect. It's everything you want for Jurassic World. And I think that's what makes the rest of the movie such dog shit, is that they put so much effort into this opening sequence, and it really builds you up. So we start off on Isla Sorna, basically a couple of months after Isla. the devastation of the last movie. You mean Isla so, Nublar? Isla Nublar, yeah, that's right. You start off on that island, and it, it starts off underwater, and like you've got this really great shot of the reveal of the submarine underwater, the yep. gates opening to the Mosasaur pit, and basically there's these two guys in there, they're bombing about, just having a bit of crack, and it turns out that they're after a piece of the remains of the Indominus Rex 
for yeah. some reason god knows why and it's revealed that the mosasaur is still inside that little tank it's still alive and it basically eats the submarine but before it eats the submarine they were able to send a bit of the indominus rex's corpse up in a little floaty thing to the surface where it's picked up by a helicopter and then as the the guys in the helicopter pick it up there's this one guy and he's rocking this uh this ipad that's keeping the gates open and the guy's sitting there and he's going right okay fam we've totally got to get you out of this mosasaur pit before i don't know something bad happens it's a jurassic park movie of course something bad's gonna happen so we've got to get you right out of there you gotta hightail it man you just gotta go but unfortunately for him little to his knowledge the mosasaur's already eaten the submarine oh no bad times so as the helicopter lands the dude who's rocking his little uh, yellow uh raincoat he looks over to them and they're waving going like hey man man hey totally look behind you dude so he looks behind him there's nothing there he turns back and goes guys what's the problem yo but then as he says that right as he says that here's the kicker there's a lightning strike and you see a t-rex moving Uh, despite the fact that in the last couple of movies it was established that you would feel a t-rex coming before you would see it appear no this guy's not seeing a thing man so every time there's a lightning strike it's like it's something in scooby-doo so he looks around, there's nothing there. He looks away again, there's a lightning strike and the T-Rex is getting closer. Oh no, what's going to happen? So eventually he turns around, he sees the T-Rex is right up in his grill, bro. And the T-Rex is like, nah, I'm totally going to eat you. I've developed ninja skills in the 22 years that I've been alive or however fucking long this franchise has been going for. So the guy's like, oh my god, I totally want, don't want to get eaten right now. So he turns and runs, but he drops his fancy iPad thing bro so the t-rex is like i'm gonna get your fancy ipad thing bro so he steps on the the fancy ipad thing and what does that do does it break it well yeah but it also makes it open the gates so that the mosasaur can get out because technology so anyway this dude in the raincoat he's running like mad he's going for his life t-rex is chasing after him helicopter's taking off helicopter brings down this this rope ladder and you're kind of thinking something like the joker's demise at the end of the first batman movie where like he he grabs onto the rope but then oh no the t-rex is totally grabbed onto the rope too bro and the helicopter's (laughs) totally gonna stall but fortunately enough, they've got the piece of the Indo, or the, the, the Velociraptor Bastard, or whatever it was called, the big fucker, Indominus Rex, that's the one. <coughs> they've got that on board the helicopter. So that's fine, they can totally lose this guy. So they're like, bro, bro, get a knife, we're gonna cut off this, this, this rope ladder here, we're gonna let our friend, who we've known and loved for many years, fall to his death and get eaten by a T-Rex. But fortunately enough, the T-Rex breaks off part of the, the, the rope ladder and, and they get away. And the dude in the yellow raincoat's like, ha ha, I totally escaped death. And then the Mosasaur jumps out <laughs> of the pit and eats him. And I thought that was amazing. I actually yeah. really loved that scene. It shot really well. The sound design's perfect. The ramping up the tension's really good. And yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense that you can't hear the T-Rex coming like you could in previous movies. I guess it's because there was like a rainstorm, so you couldn't really feel the vibrations on the ground. But there despite was the fact s- you could in the first movie. Yeah. But, but yeah, I thought it was really, really good. And then the movie plays this little bit of a bait and switch on you. And the movie's like, nah. You know the way you really enjoyed those last five minutes? Mm. Yeah, 
Forget that. The rest of the movie's going to be complete bullshit. And it does this by having the cheesiest opening titles I have ever seen. They are awful. So it's basically, it cuts from the, the Mosasaur swimming out of the lagoon to like this shitty CGI lava flowing over rock. And you see it like flowing and flowing and flowing. And eventually that forms the Jurassic World logo, which then solidifies and cools and cracks and becomes the Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom logo. It is literally one of the stupidest, most cheesiest things I've ever seen. I know I complained whenever the first Jurassic World came out that the logo just goes, oh, oh, yeah, um, I'm here, hello, whenever the Indominus Rex is is hatching or whatever the fuck that was at the start of the first movie. But yeah, it, it just appears as text, and I was like, Oh, come on. At least give us the logo. What's going on? Yeah, I yearn for those days now. Because what the living fuck was that lava shit all about? <laughs> Holy God. <coughs> yeah. Um, but, so, and then after that, is it, uh, is it Claire and Owen meeting again? No, you would have thought so, wouldn't you? No, yes. I- I'm a bit of a fan of continuity. I like it whenever two characters that get together at the end of the last movie, they're still together in the next one. I don't like that cheesy bullshit where they split up again in between films and this movie is all about them getting back together again and blah blah blah. But fortunately enough, Jurassic World takes the smart option. No, I'm just kidding. No, they don't. No, they don't. No. So, no, literally they split up in between the last movie and this movie yet again, making their entire... Character arc in the last movie, if there was one, completely pointless. So, instead of that, now Claire's got this job where she's working with the Dinosaur Protection Group, or whatever the fuck it is, in order to save the dinosaurs. Because out of fucking nowhere, there's a big fuck-off volcano on Isla Nublar where all the dinosaurs (laughs) are. And it's totally going to fucking erupt and kill them all. So I like that because that's 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 set up and payoff at work. Do you remember in the last movie whenever they said, "Oh, we better be careful because the lava levels are rising and the big fuck off volcano that's on the island, by the way, it might go off." Yeah, I don't remember that scene either because they didn't fucking have it in the movie. So anyway, so yeah, all of a sudden, as if by magic, there's a volcano on the island and it's totally going to erupt and kill all the dinosaurs. And this is bad for some reason. Despite the fact that there's another island with dinosaurs on it that we well, saw in Jurassic Park 2 and 3. No, so because anyway, there isn't. There is. Isla no, Sorna. They took all those dinosaurs and put them on Jurassic World. But was that mentioned in the movies? No, it was No, between. it was not. <laughs> it was fucking not. So anyway... So, they're totally trying to save all these dinosaurs, bro, right? And eventually this one guy gets in touch with Claire. So, Claire goes to his big super-duper mansion thingy in the middle of nowhere, which is convenient enough for later. And she meets this guy who's like a bit of a young asshole sort of guy. There's also a girl that can do this weird teleporty thing. Like, she can basically do jump scares as, as, as if jump scares was a move in a fighting game. So, basically, she'll be there one second, you'll blink, boom, she's gone! What the fuck's going on with her? We'll find out later. Anyway, so eventually it turns out this guy that's brought Claire all the way to his big fancy house in the middle of nowhere with a town five miles nearby, keep note, folks, uh, is basically, right, he is the business partner that worked with Richard Attenborough's character, John Hammond, before the events of the first movie to create the cloning technology. 
Because, like, do you remember in the first Jurassic Park movie, whenever John Hammond said, I didn't do this alone, I had a business partner? <laughs> no, I don't remember that either, because they just pulled it out of their ass for this movie. So anyway, so let's call this dickhead Hammond 2.0, because he's an old fucker, and he's got one of those, uh, what the fuck do you call them, those cane things that yeah. has the little mosquito yeah, in it? He's got one of those too, bro. So basically, his super-duper <coughs> plan is, let's take all the dinosaurs off Isla Nublar, and let's ship some of them over to this third island that I find that isn't oh. Isla Sorna. So I've totally got this third island that's protected with natural borders. It's an island, dude. The sea is the borders. <laughs> and I, let's, we're going to take all the dinosaurs, yeah? And we're going to put them on that island. And Claire's like, why do you need me? And he's like, I don't know. You're in the first movie, so I guess you should come along. So anyway, so basically... He, like Claire talks with this guy's little secretary dickhead character and the secretary dickhead character's like we've totally got to save Blue the Velociraptor she's the last of her kind and Claire's like yeah well it sucks to be you and he's like but no no fam like we've totally got to get this this dinosaur that's totally evil and could kill and eat all of us and Claire's like okay yeah sure and the guy's like do you know anyone that could help us with that and Claire's like no no sorry I wasted your time goodbye and then the movie ends it's great no instead of that Claire turns around and says oh yeah 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 that that Star-Lord guy that I know like he would totally be able to get her so she goes off to see Star-Lord Star-Lord for some reason is in the middle of nowhere building a house out of out of, out of old trees and it's the most manly man thing that we've ever seen a man do on screen he may as well have taken his dick out and hammered in the nails with it that's how manly this scene is right so the dude's up there and he's totally making his house by himself because fuck contractors and fuck the proper ways to make a house he's Chris Pratt he's Star Lord he can build his own house his own way so Claire rocks up and she's like can I buy you a beer and Owen's like Oh, uh, did you bring some or do we have to go somewhere? And then the audience laughs, even though that's just a statement of fact. So they go to a bar and Claire's like, hey, I totally split up with you. And no one's like, no, I totally split up with you. And then Claire's like, this is meaningless to the plot, isn't it? And no one's like, yeah, yeah, it is. So basically she says, come with me to this exploding island and save a dinosaur that hates you. And Owen's like, no. And Claire's like, oh, please, fam, come on. Do you remember my tits? I'll let you see my tits. And he's like, nah, nah, it's cool. It's cool. It's fine. So anyway, she fucks off. Uh, but before she does, she says, look, there's a plane leaving tomorrow. I'm not going to tell you what the airport is, but there is a plane leaving tomorrow and you're on the manifest. So come with us. And one's like, nah, fam, I'm good here building my house in the middle of nowhere like fucking Bear grills or whatever in the fuck. So later that night, Owen's rocking up in his little, uh, his little trailer and he's sitting there watching old videos that he has for some reason of Blue and the rest of the raptors whenever they were younger. And then he sits and goes, do I really want to save these creatures? And then he thinks about getting a handful of Bryce Dallas hard tit. And he goes, yeah, okay, I'm fucking in. So then the next day, they decide to all get on this plane, complete with uh, nerdy stereotype number one and butch lesbian type number seven. And that, they all go to this fucking exploding island, right? And they just land out in the middle of nowhere in this airstrip and there's no dinosaurs or anything running about like you would expect to find, like in the Lost World. Oh, no, this is different. So, 
they all drive through the remains of Jurassic World, which looks like it's been abandoned for about 67 years, never mind what, like, three is it? Like, the place looks like a complete mess, it's all completely overgrown, it's like, are you really telling me that happened within the space of three years? The fuck is wrong with you? But no, the audience buy it, and they sit there, and they, they eat their fucking popcorn, because don't ask questions, questions are bad, when look at the shiny, look at the shiny dinosaur! So a big shiny dinosaur shows up, a big brachiosaur, and they're all like, oh, look at the big shiny brachiosaur, isn't this fucking lit and they're like yeah totally fam so anyway a lot of fucking bullshit happens and basically claire and fucking nerdy stereotype number one end up in this underground facility for some reason whenever they're trying to track down all the dinosaurs while chris pratt and uh butch lesbian number seven they go off to find blue which eventually they do and where do they find blue at the remains of the old Jurassic Park tour vehicle that fell on Alan Grant and, and uh, Tim Murphy all those years ago. Isn't that convenient? So, they find Blue. And Chris Pratt's like, come back with me. And Blue's like, rawr. And he's like, please, bro. And Blue's like, rawr. And he's like, come on, man. I'll give you some food. And Blue's like, rawr. So then, all of a sudden, all the mercenaries that are with them shoot Blue. Like, one of them shoots Blue. And then, like, Chris Pratt's like, what the fuck, man? And he goes to attack the main henchman guy. And the main henchman guy shoots him with a dart and knocks him out. So, basically, they take Blue, even though she's shot and dying. And they leave Chris Pratt there. They leave him there. They leave him there, right? So, about six million and a half explosions that all sound exactly the same later. The, the volcano finally erupts. And I'm not kidding. The sound design, as good as it was in that first scene, is fucking shite now. Because they oh. use the same sound effect for each time a bit of the volcano explodes. And it sounds like this. I shit you not. It sounds exactly like that. And they play it about six or seven goddamn times. And it is so fucking noticeable. But anyway... Flashback to the other side of the island where Claire and Nerdy Stereotype number one are like working on ways to try and find the dinosaurs and yet another completely pointless scene and they get locked inside this terminal and they're like oh my god what the hell do we do I know let's open this big door for no fucking reason so they open the big door for no fucking reason and once that big door is open for no fucking reason like Nerdy Stereotype number one goes hey where does that Where's that big fuck-off door that we opened for no good reason lead? And Claire's like, oh, it leads to the rest of the park. And then they hear a big noise, and they're like, oh my god, it's the T-Rex, it's totally going to be the T-Rex. It's totally not the T-Rex, it's instead of Baryonyx, which looks like the Spinosaurus from the third one, but smaller, and somehow even more retarded. So, <laughs> as this fucking big bastard, right, starts walking out of this big fuck-off door that they opened for no good reason, all the lava starts to pour in. And, like, oh. some of it hits the Baryonyx, <coughs> and the Bionics is like, ah, rawr, ah, rawr, but it's totally fine. It's just like, you know, fucked up a little bit. So meanwhile, Claire and generic stereotype uh, fucking nerd character number one, they find this hatch that they climb up. So they climb up it and they get out and they lock the Baryonics inside. They lock the Baryonics in the in the room that's filling with lava. And they're supposed to be members of the Dinosaur Protection Agency yeah. that's here to save all these dinosaurs? Are you fucking high? <laughs> so then, to make things even worse, it cuts back to where Owen is. And Owen's totally lying there, completely passed out, and this big fuck-off dinosaur comes up to it and licks him. And all the kids in the audience go, ew, because there's all this slime over Owen's face. And like a little fly gets stuck on his chin and it's like ew so as he's waking up like he is totally fucking out of it like 
he's like me after 16 speedballs, right? He's like me on bath salts on a Friday night, right? He is fucked. So, he slowly rolls his head, and out of nowhere, in the exact same spot where the big fuck-off dinosaur that licked him used to be, is now a shitload of lava. And it's slowly mm-hmm. making its way toward him. It's, it's covering up the old Jurassic Park car and burning the paint off it and everything and you're supposed to go oh no my childhood it's burning up yeah that's this entire movie it's a perfect metaphor so Owen is basically sitting there looking at this fucking lava coming toward him and he slowly has to roll away and eventually he gets away from the lava and everything's fine and I actually did like that sequence because it it genuinely shocked the fuck out of me whenever you saw the lava for the first time and you're like oh shit yeah this is an island that's about to explode and there's going to be tons of lava everywhere why am I shocked about this? because it genuinely made me forget that there was ever a volcano on the island Mm. so Meanwhile, it cuts back to where Claire and Geeky Fuckface are. Uh, meanwhile, they look over and they see uh, Owen running out of the bushes. Now, all of a sudden, he's gone from a guy that can barely move his legs to a guy that's running at full speed going, Run! Run! And you see all the dinosaurs running out from behind him and it's fucking crazy, bro. And the, and the, the volcanoes erupting like fucking mad. So they all run away and eventually they find one of those gyrosphere ball things that they used in the first Jurassic World. And Claire and Geeky Fucker number one get into it while Owen can't get in for some reason because there's a big Carnotaurus or whatever the fuck its name is like hunting them down but it's okay because the T-Rex comes in from fucking nowhere yet again and kills the fuck out of it and then roars and then fucks off so as it fucks off it accidentally hits the side of the gyrosphere and the gyrosphere goes rolling down the hill with Claire and Specky Fuckface inside it and Owen running behind them so eventually they run 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 they fall off a fucking cliff and they can't get out of the gyrosphere oh shit what's going on so Owen, who was covered in a pyroclastic flow before, is suddenly fine and has uh, dived off a gigantic fucking cliff that some dinosaurs haven't survived. He has jumped into the water and he's trying to get them out. And it's a really tense sequence. It's all done in one shot, even though you can sort of see where they've digitally edited it, where they've connected different sort of shots together to make it look like all in one shot. Eventually they get out of it and they wash up on a beach where Claire has the amazing line... It was all a lie! It was all a lie! The bastards! It was all a lie! Even though technically they weren't lying because they're still taking dinosaurs off the island. So, yeah. Uh, So they eventually reach a dock where they see all the dinosaurs, including Blue, are being loaded up into this big fuck-off ship. So they run toward it and eventually they get onto this uh, truck of some sort and they rock the the truck off the dock and it jumps even though there's no ramp and it lands perfectly inside the ship so all of our characters are safe it's awesome but then all of a sudden out of nowhere you hear a everyone gets out of the of the truck and they look out and there, on the docks, oh, is a brachiosaur. Uh, the only, bra- the first dinosaur that we saw in the first Jurassic Park movie yeah. is standing there at the dock, almost pleading with the humans that are abandoning it. No, come back, save one more. Save me, please. And all we see is just like the lava flow <laughs> and the, the massive clouds of... Uh, of of power cluster or the fuck it's called like all coming over it and engulfing it 
And we see it stand up on its hind legs and roar oh. one final time as it's overtaken by the lava and it's killed. And that's it. The entire island is covered in lava for some reason now, which happened really quickly, despite the fact that the volcano isn't exactly that big and it wouldn't cover the entire surface of the island. No, fuck yeah. it. The entire island's on fire now. It's fucked. All the dinosaurs are dead, apart from the ones that are on this big fuck-off ship. So to cut a long story short, they all arrive at fucking Lockwood Manor, the fucking Hammond 2.0's manor, where it turns out that Hammond 2.0 actually was a good guy. He wanted to save the dinosaurs. But his little dickhead underling is like, no, fuck it, dude, we'll just sell them. So, meanwhile, as they're getting this fucking big auction ready, uh, Dr. Henry Wu, the fucking dickhead from the last movie, he's back, and he's made a smaller version of the Indominus Rex called the Indoraptor, using DNA that was recovered from that scene at the start of of, of this movie. So, then that little creepy fucking girl that has that weird jump scare power, she gets into the lab and she's checking shit out. She's like, what the fuck is all this shit about? I better go tell my granddad. But, oh no, spoilers, he's not your granddad. He's your dad. dad Because you're a fucking clone. Which is just sort of dropped on us. And it's like, what the fuck is this? So anyway... Uh, Owen and Claire are found and they're captured and Specky Four Eyes McFuckbag he's captured as well as is Butch Lesbian oh yeah and also when they were on the ship they had to get blood out of the T-Rex for some fucking reason so they go in to get it and there's this whole big hilarious scene that goes nowhere Uh, but anyway so yeah so they're in the fucking Lockwood Manor and they're all locked up while they're having this big auction where dinosaurs are selling for way less than they should be selling for but anyway, they don't give a fuck. They're all happy. They're making their money. And then they bring out fucking Indominus Bastard Fucker. The, the fucking new super dinosaur. And they're like, hey, check this out. We've made a dinosaur that's pure evil and obeys our commands. So here's what you do to control this super dinosaur, right? You take a gun. You oh. point a laser at what you want to die and then you pull the trigger which will send out a noise that will signal the dinosaur to kill whatever the laser's pointed at so a gun you've invented a laser sight gun yeah the fuck like what the fuck is wrong with these people oh yeah i've got this super weapon basically it acts just like a gun except it's slower and there's a chance it'll backfire and eat you what the living shit and people go for this they go for it they start bidding on it so then meanwhile Owen's like fuck this noise it's time to cause some shit so he uses a dinosaur which likes headbutting things to headbutt his jail cell and he breaks out so he unleashes headbutty McFuckerstan onto the auction which starts headbutting the fuck out of people and then Owen runs off and does something else. I forget what happens at that point. I think I was stoned or really, really fucking sleepy. But anyway, <laughs> so basically it turns out that the big fucking mercenary dickhead that had tranked Owen before, he finds the Indoraptor in the cage and tranks it and knocks it out. And he opens the cage door and goes, right, I'm going to take one of your fucking teeth from my collection of dinosaur teeth that I have for some reason. But... Endo McFuckbag is still alive. He's still awake, bro. So, like, he he waves his little tail and then he brings his head up and winks at the camera like he's in a fucking Looney Tunes cartoon. And then he puts the head back down again. And the hunter guy's like, the fuck is going on, man? 
what is this shit? And then next thing you know, the Indominus dickhead or whatever the fuck it is, Indoraptor, wank McFuck, wakes up and totally kills the fuck out of the guy. And then it kills a bunch of other people. It gets loose and starts chasing down clone bag McFuck. And then she gets into her bed for some reason and it fucking uh. tries to creep the fuck out of her. But yeah. then Owen gets Blue, who's now back to health again after the operation on the ship. And while Blue was being rescued, like it start, it caused an explosion, which then started leaking gas. It's going to kill all the fucking dinosaurs. Oh shit. But never mind that because we've got a fucking big bastard and fuck bag of a dinosaur to take down so Owen gets Blue and he's like Blue kick it's fucking ass and Blue's like rawr motherfucker so it starts having this big fuck off fight with the, the evil bastard raptor which ends with them on a rooftop so basically they shoot the, the glass on the roof and both dinosaurs like fall through the roof and Blue survives but evil bastard raptor ends up getting impaled on a couple of fossilized triceratops horns and it fucking dies and you're sitting there going the fuck was that like well was i tripping balls what the fuck so you made this fucking dinosaur and now it's immediately dead it lasted half as long as the one in the last movie did (laughs) and it's even smaller and supposedly smarter what the fuck is happening so anyway fucking butch lesbian comes up to them and goes hey guys there's, like, totally a problem in the basement. Like, like, remember that explosion earlier that was, like, really badass? Yeah, it turns out that's totally unleashing all this evil gas that's going to totally kill all the dinosaurs, bro! And Bryce Dallas Hart is like, shit, man! We gotta save the fucking dinosaurs! So, like, they go down into the basement, and Claire's like, oh, my God, they're all, get- they're all dying! What are we going to do? So... She presses all the buttons and opens up all the cages. And then she's like, got this really big red button. And if she presses the really big red button, then the the big main door is going to open. And oh no, all the dinosaurs are going to escape from the mansion. Oh no, dinosaurs on the mainland. And for once, for once in this movie, someone makes the right choice. (laughs) So in this dumb as fuck movie, where everyone... (laughs) Acts like a fucking alien. No one has any common sense. Finally, someone makes the right choice. Claire decides, no. I can't do that. I guess this is Ian Malcolm's chaos theory in fruition. And by the way, Ian Malcolm was in this movie for like two seconds at the start, but that's irrelevant. I can't. I can't let the dinosaurs escape. Oh no, I guess life didn't find a way and they're going to (laughs) die. So, she closes the button and then her and Owen look out over the sad sight of all these dinosaurs coughing and dying and struggling to survive. Well, all of a sudden the fucking door opens anyway and they all escape. So, they turn around and that little fucking clone bitch has pressed the button. To let all these fucking evil killing machines out into the world. And as they stare at her, she comes out with this absolute horse shit about, I had to. Oh, she's British, by the way. Uh, I had to. They're alive. Like me. And it's like, well, yeah, no, you're a fucking human being. These are evil monsters from 65 million years ago. What the fuck? So, yeah, basically the movie ends with all the dinosaurs fucking out. Fucking off and, and, and going to different continents and flying around the place. And meanwhile, Owen and Claire decide 
to adopt this little girl. Uh, even though she has all the tendencies of a serial killer. They've decided to adopt her and raise her as their own. So, meanwhile, you've got shots like uh, the Mosasaur coming out of the big wave in order to attack surfers. You've got the T-Rex busting into a zoo to totally eat the fuck out of a lion. And you've got Blue standing at this the top of this big mountain next to like a suburban home going... And that fucking noise that velociraptors make whenever they're going to fucking kill everyone, right? And that's how the movie ends. Oh, yeah, and, and Jeff Goldwyn rocks up to go, uh, 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 chaos theory. Chaos Theory, Chaos Theory, whatever. Yeah, you remember me? Do you remember me from the, the uh, uh, first two movies? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, uh, I'm back. <laughs> uh, yeah, bye. And then it ends. And that was Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. You forgot to mention that they killed James Cromwell with a pillow. Oh, fuck, yeah, yeah. He, uh, he totally gets <laughs> euthanized, yeah. <laughs> he gets suffocated to death. What a way to go. Uh, that that disappoints me. Yep. Because my favourite movies are Up and Jurassic Park. So, I, I mean, I didn't have high expectations, but I expected something. Well, more fool you, sir. <laughs> fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. And they have fooled me twice. About five times now, then, yeah, shame on you. (laughs) Uh, But from the trailers, it seemed like it had potential. Yeah, until we realised that everything they showed in the trailer, that's what's in the movie. There, There is no surprises, there is no shocks, there is no twists. That is everything. Amazing Spider Man 2 syndrome. They showed the final fucking shot of the movie in the trailer. Yeah. Exactly like Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. Except I assume they didn't show 45 minutes of the actual movies in the, of the actual movie in the trailers. I'm pretty sure they did. Oh, like, what, like, what, like, once you include, like, all the little TV spots and teaser trailers yeah. and different bits and pieces, yeah, they pretty much showed everything. Like, they showed all yeah. the big action set pieces... They show the twist in the middle of the movie where they end up at Lockwood's Manor. Uh, yep. They show everything, man. Like they, like they show the dinosaurs escaping at the end. They show uh, the T-Rex facing down with the lion. Like it's, it's all in the trailers. What yep. the fuck? Like why would you go see this movie? And yet somehow it, it's made billions at the box office. Yeah. Mm, I think, yeah, that pretty much just comes down to nostalgia, I guess. And oh, trust me, the nostalgia goggles are on in this movie. They're on, and to the point where they actually try and make you feel nostalgic for the first Jurassic World movie, even though it came out three years ago. <laughs> like they literally have this scene where they stop in the middle of Main Street from the first Jurassic World, and they get out, and it's all dilapidated and worn down, and you're sitting looking at it going. Yeah, this place is all fucked up because do you remember at the end of the last movie whenever mm. the T Rex and and the Velociraptor teamed up to take down this abomination to God and Satan alike? <laughs> yeah, do you remember how awesome that was? And then the fucking Mosasaur came out of the pit and like totally fucking ate it. Do you remember that? Yeah, do you? <coughs> yeah, you're not gonna get that in this movie. <coughs> yeah. So you may as well remember it from the last one. Hmm. 
I think they're also banking on a lot of little kids going to watch it, but it seems like it's more of a horror movie than dinosaur movie. You would think so, but there's no real like scenes of horror. I mean, yeah. there are some nice little moments sort of peppered through it. Like the bit at the start where the T-Rex is only revealed whenever the lightning strikes. Like That's yeah. pretty clever. And then the bits in the mansion. Because like, there's a scene where all the power goes out. Of course there is, because it wouldn't be Jurassic Park without it. But there's a scene where like all like the, the power goes out and they're hiding behind this pane of glass and then like the little clone girls looking out the window and all you see are these white teeth and then the power comes back on and the, the Indoraptor fuckface is like literally outside the, the glass. Like yeah. there's little sort of moments like that, that that's quite clever and quite good. But a lot of them feel like okay. Now it's time for a jump scare. Yeah. Now it's time for a creepy scene. Now it's time for an action scene. You know, it's it's so disjointed throughout it. Yeah. Like you'll you'll go immediately from like a big sort of classic Jurassic Park scene where like the the music's rising and everything's crazy and people are running away from dinosaurs to like a really slow suspenseful scene where dinosaurs sneaking up on a little girl in a bed. Yeah. And it's it's it, it's so disjointed. Whereas when you watch the other movies, especially the first Jurassic Park, yeah, you know there there's a certain pacing there that allows yeah. for quick action scenes and then like a slow suspenseful scene. Yeah. Like a, the perfect example of what they were trying to do in this movie is in the first film, where you have the quick pacing of Alan, Lex, and Tim trying to get over the fence, yeah, and then you've got like the slow pace scene. Where Ellie's dance, going into yeah. the uh, the maintenance bunker in order to turn yeah. the power back on. Yeah, like it 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 doesn't flow correctly in this no. movie. What if you hadn't seen the last four movies, or if if they didn't exist, and this is the first Jurassic Park movie, would that change your perspective? I think of it? you would be confused as fuck yeah. if if you'd never seen any of them before this one, because. It's, it almost feels like it starts off right in the middle of it. Yeah. Like, it, th- this feels like the other half of the last Jurassic World movie. This yeah. doesn't feel like its own separate entity. So what, uh, if, what if you watch them right out one after each other? Jurassic World and then you're straight into Fallen Kingdom. Would that... Well, I did that. And did. to be like to be honest with you, these feel like two completely separate movies. Yeah. Like... It feels like there's a movie missing. It feels like this is part three. And it feels like Jurassic World was part one, obviously. It feels like there's something missing in the middle. Because with the way the first Jurassic World ended, where all the dinosaurs got loose and the island was plunged into chaos, and they all get off safe and sound at the end. Like, it goes from that to Claire being a completely different character. And it goes to the extent of... They, they do this thing, and I absolutely hate when movies do this, where they use news footage in order to catch up the oh, audience to what's been going on. Yuck. So do you remember I was saying about that whole uh, opening title sequence, yeah. where like the lava flows and it creates the Jurassic yeah, yeah, World yeah, yeah. Fallen Kingdom logo? Right, that fades out, and we immediately cut to BBC news footage, yeah. where they have helicopter shots of the volcano erupting and like dinosaurs running away from it and stuff and then we cut to the 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 senate hearing at the start and of course all good movies have got to have a senate scene in it or a courtroom scene in it uh where ian malcolm is sitting basically saying 
Oh yeah, dinosaurs are bad, and we should totally let the uh, the volcano destroy them. Yeah, I actually laughed at that bit. Was I was like, yeah, that that totally makes sense. Don't do anything. Leave them be. Yeah. What if they but, had it just yeah, left it at that? It it just it it feels like like this movie. There's a lot that happens in it to change what's coming next, but yeah. at the same time, it feels completely irrelevant. Yeah. Because just like. The only thing that we have from this going forward is that the animals are off the island and they're in the wild on the mainland in yeah. America. And and that's it. So the, all this bullshit with creating a new uh, species of dinosaur in the same way they did with the Indominus Rex in the first one, all yeah. that's wrapped up in this movie. Like, completely yeah. wrapped up, where it's killed. Uh like the island exploding and gone that happens halfway through the movie and it genuinely feels like that's what caps it and I read an interview with the director J.A. Bayona where he was saying that when you think about the first Jurassic Park movie the big sort of sequence is when the T-Rex escapes Yeah, and yeah that's the big sequence that's in the middle of the movie but that's the kickstarter that's what yeah. continues it, and it, it keeps ramping up and up and up, and then the velociraptors get loose, and then it, everything plunges into madness. Yeah, like that's why that works so well. Whereas in this one, he's comparing the T Rex breakout scene in the first Jurassic Park, yeah. which is a staple of modern day filmmaking to this day. He's comparing that to the volcano erupting in this movie. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> like, if anything, the volcano erupting in this movie, this this. This genuinely feels like this is two movies mashed together in the worst yeah. way possible. It feels like you're, you've paid your money, you're going into the cinema, but the movie's already started and you've missed about half of it. Yeah. But it's okay because they're showing the first half of the next movie straight after. Yeah. You know, like there's there's such a disconnect between the the mad lava volcano eruption scenes on the island versus them on the ship and then them in the Lockwood Manor. It yeah. just feels like two completely separate movies. Yeah. Hmm. I think the main problem that the last three have had, Jurassic Park 3, Jurassic World and this one, is that they haven't had any source material to come off of like the first two did. Do you know what's really ironic as well? Is that there are bits... Yeah. Well, yeah. From the original source material, peppered through them, and like the probably, Avery, for example, yeah, and they're uh, probably Jurassic the best. Three. They're probably the best scenes in that movie. Yeah, but again, they feel so dis- disjointed yeah. and disconnected from everything else. Like, for example, in Jurassic Park Three, you've just had a scene where the Spinosaurus chases everyone into this building, and then all of a sudden they end up walking down some steps, and they're in the Avery. Yeah. And then after they escape the Avery and they're on the boat, it cuts away to some other shit. And it's just like, this is totally not connected. This is basically taking the best bits that you haven't already adapted from Michael Crichton's works and putting them into your shitty movie in order to make them feel a bit better. Like, for example, the the thing that really hammered at home for me is that a lot of Ian Malcolm's dialogue in this movie, which totals to about two minutes worth of screen time, is all all, uh, dialogue written by Michael Crichton for the first Jurassic Park book. Was it? So, like, he has lines like, uh, changes like death. You, no one knows what it looks like until you're standing at the gates. Which, in context in the novel, is 
brilliant because yeah. it's a nice little capper on what he's been talking about through chaos theory and uh, unpredictable change. Whereas yeah. in this one, he just comes out with it. Yeah. Have you read both the original novels? I have, yes, back to back. I haven't read the second one, but I've literally got both of them sitting right in front of me. Um, and I've, I think I own all of Michael Crichton's novels. Um, and like, he's probably my favourite author out of all of all everybody. But Jurassic Park is probably also my favourite novel. Period. Yeah, I actually like funny story with uh, Michael Crichton's Jurassic Park. I was, I think I must have been really young. I must have been about like uh, eight or nine years old. Yeah. And in my classroom at school, we had a little library at the back. Yeah. And it had this little book that was like, you know, like the junior novelization of the first Jurassic Park movie. Yeah. Do you know one where it has like, like laminated pictures in the middle of the book? Yeah, yeah. Like there was that. And I loved that book and I would read it constantly and I'd be like, this is so cool. And I wanted one for my own. So one day I was with my granny and we went into this old bookshop and yeah. I saw this book that had the Jurassic Park logo on it. Oh God. And I went, Granny, Granny, can I get that? Can I get that? And my granny was like, How much is it? And I looked at it and it was like twenty five P. Like yeah. it was really, really cheap. And I said, It's twenty five P, can I get it? And my granny was like, Yeah, yeah, sure, get it. And it was old and it was dog eared. Yeah. And it was thicker than the one that was in school. Yeah. But I thought, nah, it's, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be fun. Oh, so I took it home and I started reading it. And the first couple of chapters is about yeah. this guy with massive lacerations in his arms. Yeah. And apparently he was run over by an earth mover. Like, yeah. And I remember reading this as like a nine-year-old going, holy fuck, this is class. <laughs> yeah. I still have that book. I still have that original book uh, as part of my uh, my bookshelf. Is it the one... It's not the one um, with the storm on the front of it, is it? No, it's, no, it's literally the one that says, yep. uh, like, an adventure 65 million years in the making, soon to be a major yep. motion picture from Steven Spielberg. Okay. See, the, I have two copies of it. I've got one from 1991. So that was two years before the movie actually came out. It's actually an English copy of the book, and I've got a newer right. one, which is... Um, but, I mean, they're both exactly the same. Um, Do they have the different iterations from Malcolm's chart between the chapters? Oh, yeah. Both of them do. Yeah, oh, you gotta love that. so weird. And there's so many pages where it's just, like, genetic code, G-A-T-C-A-G-G-C-A-A-A-G-G-T-A-C-T. It's so weird, but it's so well-written that it doesn't matter see I love things like that because yeah. you actually felt like you were the characters reading all yeah. this data on the screen and yeah um, I th and obviously they change characters around quite a bit for the movie like Alan becomes Hammond he hates kids and, and Hammond becomes Alan in the movie because in the book Alan loves kids and wants to be around him all the time and Hammond is money hungry and power hungry and doesn't care about anybody else who wants to I charge. I think one of, one of my favourite characters from the book that isn't really done justice in the movie is uh, Muldoon. Yeah. 
I think like Muldoon and his relationship with Gennaro yeah. in the book is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it's so well done. Like the bit where they go out to try and tranquilize the T Rex. Yeah, yeah, it's done so well. And the bit uh, later on, whenever like <laughs> Muldoon decides he's going to take down the Raptors with a rocket launcher. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's so great. Yeah, and like what one of my favorite lines from from that sequence is. Uh, and it's it's description as well. It's it's not dialogue. Yeah. Where the, like Michael like Michael Crichton's descriptiveness whenever he's writing a book yeah. is so fantastic because he says something like Muldoon had climbed into a pipe in order to get away from the Velociraptors, yeah. Yeah. scrambling like a poor bastard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, he's too bad he's dead because I can't imagine what he would have written now um but I think he probably yeah. would have written the eulogy for the Jurassic Park franchise at this point <laughs> yeah too bad he didn't die before Jurassic <clears throat> Park 3 ooh um yeah and I still haven't read The Lost World which is The Lost World isn't great no I mean it's it's fun because again you get to have Ian Malcolm who died yeah. in the last movie yeah but yet like or died in the last book but like the level of sarcasm that Crichton has whenever he's yeah. writing The Lost World is unparalleled so he basically has this bullshit excuse that he was pronounced dead several times but yet the doctors did excellent work <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they literally brought Ian Malcolm back from the dead yeah I think part of that is to do with the fact that The Lost World was the only sequel to a book that he ever wrote. Everything else was standalone. Um, yeah, like the, like there was no sequel to The Andromeda Strain, for no, example. which is a great book. Oh, it's fantastic um, too, yeah. Um, and what else? Terminal Man, Congo, none of them got sequels. No. Um, Although, you want to talk about bullshit, let's talk about the Congo movie. Oh, yeah, that... That's terrible. I mean, to be fair, the book's not the greatest. It's kind of stupid, but... Yeah. It's, a, it's Ernie Hudson's best role since Ghostbusters. <laughs> Which happens to be your favourite movie, right? Indeed it is, yes. How is that uh, that um, redo of 2016 Ghostbusters coming along? It's stalled at the moment because oh. I still need to get the extra footage ah, off okay. the Blu-ray. Yeah, which I'm still working on, but it's it's getting there. It's getting there. I've I've, <laughs> well, I've turned an hour of it into half an hour so far. So this is going to be a very short movie by the time yeah, I'm yeah. done. Probably a much better one. Um, well, like I let Anthony see the the first half an hour that I cut together yeah. the other week, and like he really enjoyed it, and like he yeah. he literally cannot watch the the 2016 movie because <laughs> it recently appeared on UK Netflix, oh. and he thought, no, nah, I'll I'll give it a try again. He couldn't get past the first ten minutes. Whereas with my cut, he was happily watching it, and he was sad whenever he got to the point where I'd stopped editing. <laughs> I still haven't seen the original one, so maybe the the McCullough cut will be the one I see. Well, you haven't seen the the eighty four Ghostbusters or the twenty sixteen? No, the new one. I've I've definitely seen the original one. But all right, okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I I definitely think the uh, the Saxon cut shall we call it the the Saxon oh, yeah. cut 
should be uh, something enjoyable. Uh, like I've also desaturized the colors as well and made it uh, look more like the the original movie yeah, as well. Not as colorful. Yeah. Um, you still on that name search because you can't make up your fucking mind. <laughs> No, no, no. It's 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 definitely vote Saxon. I'm I'm stuck with it forever. Yeah, we'll see. I can't change In it. a week's time, it'll probably be like Job McFlugelflagen or something. <laughs> yeah, it'll be flaming vagina. <laughs> you big scrotum. Ah, oh, shit. You testicle. <laughs> um. Anyway, um, how long has this been going? Uh, this has been rocking on for about 51 minutes now. Well, we could keep it going or we could end it here. Well, I'll leave that in your more than capable hands. Hmm. We might as well end it here. We've had, what, three four-hour ones or something. Fuck it. Um, yeah. <laughs> Always good to keep the audience guessing, isn't it? Yeah. Like, oh, how long's this one gonna be? Is this one gonna be like six parts, or is it gonna be just like one hour? <laughs> Will it come out on time? Who knows? Um, you know what? Fuck it. Let's keep it going. We're gonna talk about Disney. Yeah, let's talk about Disney. Okay. Yay, Disney! What's your favorite Pixar movie? Uh, Toy Story. Really? Yeah. Is that because it's the first one, or is it nostalgia for something? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's it's the one that, that kind of resonates with me. Like, I appreciate a lot of the other ones. Like, I, I yeah. really love The Incredibles. I love Up. Yeah. Uh, Wally's really good as well. Um, Old. I sort really. of thought, like, like Finding Nemo was, was okay. Yeah. Uh, I didn't like A Bug's Life. Really? Yeah, I just wasn't a fan of it. Like, I love the Toy Story trilogy. I'm yeah. eagerly awaiting Toy Story 4 next yeah. year. But there's just something about Toy... I think... Toy Story kind of came along for me at the right time because I was about five whenever the first Toy Story movie came out and I remember sitting watching it and just going this is this is like someone took my brain and put it onto the big screen because I used to think that my toys would come to life whenever I left the room Yeah. so to actually watch a movie confirming that freaked me out a little <laughs> bit and I was like oh my god this is class and of course everyone wanted a Buzz Lightyear I grew up in the midst of the Buzz Lightyear craze yeah but I really wanted a Woody. In fact, the Woody yeah. that I did end up getting, uh, the doll, was brought to me by my Uncle Jim, who would went on holiday to Disneyland, Florida, and oh. I brought one back just for me. So did he touch it you? Was... What? <laughs> Nothing. You know how what? he's got that creepy uncle. Did he touch you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My uncle gave me his Woody. <laughs> it's his birthday as well, so... Happy birthday, Uncle Jim. <laughs> Happy birthday, Stephen's uncle. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, and his son's getting married at the end of next week as well. So oh. that's fantastic. My cousin's getting married. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, he he gave me his Woody about 22-odd uh, years ago. Oh. So that was fun. Uh, but, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Toy Story, like the the entire trilogy, is is one that's very sort of close to my heart. To the point where I've basically collected each and every sort of bit of Toy Story tat that I could find. Yeah. Like, like I went apeshit whenever my girlfriend at the time bought me a Mr. Pricklepants from Toy Story <laughs> 3. 
It's like, oh my god, it's Mr. Prickle Pants. Fucking class. It's Timothy Dalton. But like, he's a, he's a little hedgehog and he's wearing Lederhosen. This is class. Thank you so much. I was 20. Uh, the worst Bond after George Lazenby. Oh, fuck off. Yeah, Timothy see, Dalton's fucking class. No, he's shit. He's fucking class. No, Timothy the... Dalton's one of the best Bonds. Oh, like he did the whole dark and gritty thing years before it was cool. Yeah, but Connery's still the best. Oh, Connery is the best. Yeah, like I mean, I love me some Roger Moore too. Yeah, uh, Daniel Craig, I think, is like outside of Casino Royale and Skyfall. Like, like whenever he's directed badly. Yeah. He is shit. Yeah, he should just cut his like, wrists already. I mean, like I love Timothy Dalton because he is that sort of badass. I don't know, like he, I, th- I think I can see why people don't like him. Yeah, because like, uh, what do you call it? One, The Living Daylights. Yeah, is it's right after a view to a kill. And it still has the same light, campy, cheesy tone. Yeah. And yet he's like... It, it's almost like taking Daniel Craig and putting him into a Roger Moore movie. <laughs> you know, like you'll have Daniel yeah. Craig like doing all his badass like, fight sequences and then next thing you'll see a double-taken pigeon. You know? Like, that, that's how you like uh, Living Daylights feels to a lot of people. But License yeah. to Kill's fucking badass. Yeah. Like, that's a great movie. That feels like <laughs> Miami Vice mixed with Bond. And a bit of Scarface. What about Brosnan, though? Oh, I fucking love Brosnan. He's Irish. I have to love him. It's in my blood. <laughs> he actually wasn't bad. Brosnan was pretty good, man. Like, yeah. Goldeneye's one of my all-time favourite Bond movies. Yeah. Better than Lazenby, so... Yeah. Like, a lot of people seem to like uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service. It's a great movie, except for one thing. Your main character is played by a dog shit actor. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't really care for James Bond that much anyway, so... Who oh, that explains a lot, then. <laughs> what about... What else has Pierce Brosnan been in? Mamma Mia. I'm eagerly awaiting Mamma Mia 2. Here we go again. Oh, God. Here we go again is right. Uh, <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. He was, he was oh, the fucking bomb in Mrs. Doubtfire. I love that fucking movie. Yeah, like you've got Matilda, yeah. you've got Spider Man's aunt, the genie. you've got James Bond, and you've got the genie from Aladdin. What's not to love? I miss that man so much. Oh man, yeah. Like what? What's really annoying, right? Is whenever I saw one hour photo, and like they really yeah. aged him up to yeah. play this old frail man. Yeah, I was like, can you imagine? Like when Robin Williams gets into his seventies or his eighties. And he's playing, like, really super serious roles like this all the time. Yeah. How class that's going to be. But, unfortunately, <laughs> depression and suicide strike again. The, yeah. the fucking demons won. Yeah, that shit's not cool. And that's why you... Do you know what really, really, really fucked with me with that? What? Is I was with a group of friends the day before he died. Yeah. And we were all sitting around, and I didn't know where Robin Williams came up. And we were talking about shit like One Hour Photo and uh, Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. And uh, Dead Poets Society and all. And, like, we were talking about how, like, Robin Williams is one of those uh, actors that really has become a character actor. Where yeah. he started off with the likes of Popeye, 
and uh, like all of this like Mork and Mindy and like this different like sort of crazy out there characters and then eventually his career ended up with him being in the likes of one hour photo and and, and these different types of movies and it was so badass and like I think one of my friends was saying like he'd only ever known Robin Williams as a comedy actor and we were all sitting around giving him these recommendations like no 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 no. you've got to watch one hour photo watch one hour photo he's a fucking psychopath in that movie (laughs) it's fantastic or like uh, the bit where he's laughing about the fact that his wife farts in bed in um, uh, Good Will Hunting you know like you've you've got to sit down and watch those and then the very next fucking day the news breaks that he's died Like, that's so fucking weird. Yeah. I think I'd watched Jumanji literally the morning before for some reason. Maybe it was Aladdin. It was. I definitely watched one of his movies literally just the day before. It's It's so weird when things happen like that. Like, um... The day before Chester Bennington died of Linkin Park fame, I'd watched... Like I listened to one of their albums, and that, and then the very next day, he's dead. Um, it's so weird. I think it's, I think it, it is one of those things. Like whenever someone that is is that fucking talented and 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 burdens that bright, yeah. That when their light's about to be extinguished, it sends a shockwave around the world. Yeah. So like even before it happens, it's almost like reality itself bends. It makes you think about that person and makes you go, oh my god, yeah, I should pop on one of their movies or I should listen to one of their albums because I haven't heard it in a while, but like I still really love it. Yeah. Same thing with Alan Rickman. I watched every Harry Potter movie like the week before he died. Um, oh my god. Didn't happen it's, with... It's, it is so bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. And if only like, it never happened... <laughs> I had this. I have this weird thing, right? Like talking about, like you know, watching stuff that people are in right before they die. Yeah. Like I have something similar, but not as horrible. Yeah. Where, like, I've noticed it happens to me every once in a while now. But see, when I was a kid in like uh, high school, it happened to me all the fucking time. It was almost like the. um, Oh, what the fuck do you call it? The Mandela effect. It's almost like that where I'll be sitting in school or even these days like I'll be I'll be out or I'll be pottering about the house or something and I'll think of a Simpsons episode like a joke from a <laughs> Simpsons episode yeah or like like something like a funny scene from the Simpsons or like a particular episode of the Simpsons and then I'll stick on the TV yeah and that night that episode's on yeah like it's so fucking creepy yeah I've had that happen before like but I've had it worse than that. I've literally said something, and then it's come on right after that. It's it is creepy now. Your house is haunted. I think. Why is that? Well, first of all, it's clean. <laughs> well, that's that's yeah, that's the scary part. Yeah, and then but maybe you've got forces behind it. <laughs> maybe it's your mum and dad trying to spook you. <laughs> I I would not put it past them. <laughs> fuckers. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <coughs> no, let's see. That's what they don't like. They don't like the fact that I've moved all the furniture and stuff. So like they're, uh, they're slowly trying to move it back. Yeah. 
Uh, rest in peace, both of them. Yes, of course, of course. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I assure you, had they been here today, they would have laughed their heads off at that. Yeah. Yes, they, they, they were the type of people that would laugh their heads off at the, the potential of them being dead. jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we deal with things with humour here in Ireland. Yes. And calling people fucking cunts. Oh, way back on that again. that was such a weird episode (laughs) that was actually I listened to that the other night when I was cleaning yeah like I think I must have been on meth or something that (laughs) night like what the fuck like I was possessed (laughs) that's what I thought at least you're not as bad today yeah I'm just I'm fucking tired today that's the difference see you've caught me on a night after work (laughs) Where I'm just completely like I couldn't give a shit anymore. <laughs> uh, um, the royal wedding. A load of oh. bollocks. Yes. Um, sonic screwdriver leak. Yeah. Uh, actually, doesn't look too bad. Yeah. Really? You think so? I I think it looks all right. I mean, considering what it could have looked like. I think it looks alright. I mean, at least they're trying to do something different with it. Where it's not just like a fancy stick anymore. Now it's got like a little curved handle section on it. Like, Count... We predicted it. We were talking about how much we like Count Dooku's curved lightsaber last time. And now there's a curved screwdriver. Now we've got a curved sonic screwdriver. It's... See that? It's like poetry. They rhyme. (laughs) Uh, But I still have no hope for that new season. I will, if it's good, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll probably watch the first episode and then, oh, fuck it. Funny, I've heard a lot of people say that. Uh, I think it's... I'll I'll give it the first episode and then after that, just fuck it. Yeah, first episode and last episode, and that's all you need to watch. I mean, they pretty much recap everything that happened previously, so... Previously on Doctor Who... Oh my god, Daleks! Run! <laughs> Previously on Battlestar Galactica. Oh my god, Cylons! Run! Previously on Star Trek. Oh my god, Daleks! Run! Wait. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the ultimate crossover event <laughs> is about to begin. Uh, well, they both have time travel elements in them don't they the movies at least yeah I need to go to the toilet like ridiculously bad do you want to pause this or end it uh I might as well end it alrighty alright so we hope we've been totally truthful uh I'm uh, we, Will we always are well I hope so we're we're obviously obvious so I mean obviously opinionated but that's what I should have called this shit. Not totally truthful. Jesus. Oh, well. Uh, anyway, you can find me on Twitter at Totally Truthful. We, I uh, just made a Facebook page, which is also at Totally Truthful. You can find my... And Inst- an Instagram page as well. Yes, which is at Totally Truthful. Holy shit, it works. No, sorry, the Twitter is at Truthful Totally. Um, Steven's YouTube channel link will be in the description below. And I'll also give you his home address. 
Yeah, it's uh, 123 Fake Street. <laughs> it's um, uh, Heavenly Hills Cemetery, uh, plot number 247. Uh, Beverly Hills, the, then, I you'll, 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 you'll know the uh, the gravestone because it'll say, I told you I was sick across the bottom. Oh, uh, shit, that's not you, that's a different person. Um, yes, <laughs> there goes the neighborhood. Oh, shit, why can't I think of his name? I know it so well. Um, Rodney Dangerfield? No, he didn't say I told you I was sick. Yeah. Right, I told you I have to go to the bathroom. Let's oh, end right. this turkey. All right. Anyway, that's that's it. We've been totally truthful. Um, Stephen's YouTube will be linked in the description below, like I said. Um, bye. Thank you all. Good night. Yeah. Yes, for you. Good day for me. Good day. You can go to the bathroom now. <laughs> <laughs>